Hey everyone, it's Clarissa here from the Thriving Through Menopause podcast. You know, as I talk to women around the world, I know that more than ever, we're looking for holistic ways to manage our menopause and to feel empowered that we're in control of our own health and healing during this vital life transition. I sit down each week with amazing guests to talk about ideas, strategies, approaches and opportunities to help us thrive through menopause. Episodes drop every Tuesday, so I hope that you'll join us. And I have a little request for you, that if you find value from the stories, lessons and wisdom that we share, I'd like you to support this podcast. One way you can do that is to hop on to wherever you listen to podcasts, like and subscribe and share it so that others can hear the messages too. You might want to buy me a coffee to help me keep this podcast up and running. And I'd love you to subscribe to my newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Don't forget, episodes drop every Tuesday and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of this community, listening to this podcast, and I hope that you enjoy the new content that's coming up in this new season. Welcome to this week's episode of Thriving Through Menopause, and we're going to be talking about metabolism. You've probably heard it loads of times all over Instagram, all over TikTok, but I reckon if you're a bit like me, you're a bit confused about it. And you would really love to learn more. So I have somebody fabulous joining me on this podcast today. She is Rachel Fryman, CEO of MindStrong Fitness. And she's a real expert in the metabolism. Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. That's fantastic. I'm going to tell my listeners a little bit about you before we dive in. You are a coach. You're passionate about helping others unleash their strongest, most empowered selves. Wow. Uh, You are somebody with a real background in sports nutrition, behavior change, personal training, and you've also studied nutrition neuroscience or neuroscience of nutrition. So I think that's very relevant when we're talking about menopausal women and getting them to really make some shifts. And of course, you're the author of Becoming MindStrong, the truth about health, fitness, and the bullshit that's holding you back. I love that. That's a great title. Rachel, metabolism. I mean, what are we really talking about there? It might be a buzzword, but what you is know, it? it? Like so many of the things in the health and fitness industry, it it can be a buzzword or it can be one of those topics that that just does not to, need to be as complicated as we make it out to be. And that's kind of where my niche is in the this industry as a former teacher is to take those topics that can feel really big and scary and overwhelming. You know, the ones we Google one thing and we get 25 answers on <laughs> and just break yeah. it down into, oh, this is actually just biology. This is basic math and science, and it is a very learnable skill. So when we're talking about metabolism, we're talking about how quickly your body is functioning, right? When we eat I always like to say a car runs on either gas or electricity. Our body runs on the fuel of calories and how quickly our metabolism functions is how quickly we're turning those calories into energy or we're storing them. 
And I think the biggest misconception with metabolism is there's this belief that it's that it's set in stone, that it's one and done, right? We get older, yeah. it slows down, death sentence, end of story, right? We settle into this body we don't recognize, this life we don't recognize. Um, and as we'll talk about today, that is absolutely not true. Number yeah. one, yes, most of us experience weight gain as we get older, but the stats behind what actually happens to our meta- metabolism is a lot different than many of us think. And most importantly, it is 1000% retrainable. No matter if you're 40, 60, or 80, you can 100% retrain your metabolism. Wow. I like that because I think, you know, working with menopausal women, we say, oh no, your metabolism is now down and weight gain feels inevitable for a Mm -hmm. lot of women. And they say, well, that's because I'm now here and I can't change that. That's Absolutely. True, we hear the word it? stuck a lot. The word we hear is I just feel stuck, right? I'm destined to live in a, we've, we've heard a lot, grandma bod is the word that <laughs> always comes across, <laughs> my mom bod or my grandma bod. Um, one of the stats that I, I find very fascinating is there are studies now showing that between the ages of 20 and 60, 60, our metabolism doesn't actually change. When you look at the math, it's staying pretty stagnant and beyond mm. 60, it's only slowing down an average of 1% per year. And a lot of times when I say that to people, it almost pisses them off a little bit because they're like, well, I'm not imagining things, right? I'm, I'm gaining weight as I get older. Yeah. And it's absolutely true, but it's not because it's a death sentence biologically. What's actually happening for most of us is, you know, we, when we think about what the majority of us have put our body through over the years, right? We overeat and undereat and we cut out carbs and we go on low fat diets and Mm. we binge and it's this roller coaster. It's this up and down roller coaster. So when you're 20, we haven't had as many years on the roller coaster. So our body's like, okay, this isn't great, but I'm fine with it. But by 60, we've had decades on this roller coaster. And at some point our body starts to say from a survival standpoint, wait a second, I don't trust you anymore. Right. There's been months where where I am so underfed that I have to hold on to my energy. And there's months where I'm so overfed that it's like, I don't know what to do with this. Let me store it. And it can be an interesting concept to think about our body trusting us. But the real reason that our metabolism gets shot to hell as we get older for many of us is not because, again, because biologically it is slowed down and it's a death sentence. Mm -hmm. It's because we just have more years in the books of putting our body through the ringer. And that trust yeah. factor starting to go away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that is, I like that concept a lot because I think it's clear that we, you know, we haven't punished ourselves at 20. I mean, pretty much we're probably eating like we were a child. We eat what we like. We feel mm-hmm. fine with it. But I think I read somewhere that women have been on about 60 diets by the time they hit the perimenopause, menopause years, that's a lot of different diets to put your body through. You know, we've seen them all, no grains, yes grains, low fat, no sugar. (laughs) We've uh, probably tried a few in our own lives too. (laughs) Yeah, the the stat that, you know, I used to be a a teacher and when I was on the fence of, am I going to quit teaching, which is a career I loved to start this business? The stat that really put the nail in the coffin for me was um, the average woman spends 25 years of her life, and I think that's a low estimate, but 25 years of her life and over, I'm sorry, 17 years of her life and over $25,000 dieting. And on the other side of that, 
still doesn't understand how it works. So she's still on that yo-yo diet train. Yeah. And to me as an educator, I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like we need, if I can fix this for someone in 12 weeks, like let's go because the money is one thing. 25 grand to not see results is one thing, but 17 plus years of your life, that that's heartbreaking to me. Yeah. And I think that is definitely an underestimate. Mm -hmm. I mean, I reckon it's a lot more. But yeah, I mean, the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. The list is just to take that in. It's huge and still growing. And it's all based on the fact that you're going to fail, right? Absolutely. And the, the, the reason that my company exists in this industry, again, is as a, a former teacher, when I was on that brink of, do I start, do I leave teaching and start a company? It was, you know, the world does not need another personal trainer, but what the world absolutely needs is an educator in this field. Someone who's saying like, this does not, I call it the wizard of Oz curtain. If you remember the wizard of Oz, it's this big almighty <laughs> being. And then you pull back the curtain and it's like, that's it. That's what we do for nutrition. And that's what we do for metabolism. It is not this big, overwhelming guessing game when we learn how it actually works. And we learn that we're in the, we're the ones in control of training it. We get to step into our power, learn a skill and literally never die it again. Wow. Wow. So it's not inevitable that women are going to gain this weight around the middle and never shift it. Is that what you Absolutely. Really it is saying? not inevitable. What usually happens is it happens as a wake-up call, right? It happens and then we say, oh, no, what's happening to my body? And then we step into learning the skill. And, you know, if you're on the brink of menopause, if you're premenopausal, this is the time. I mean, if you're, if you're menopausal or post, it is not too late. We can retrain your metabolism, as we'll talk mm-hmm. about. But if you're premenopausal and the, you feel like the writing's on the wall, I know what's coming. When you get this stuff in check now, you can avoid all that. You can literally sail through menopause. Doesn't mean you won't feel any of the effects, right? It's biological. We're meant to. But the weight gain, the I don't recognize my body, the I feel stuck, all of that is avoidable when you take the steps ahead of time. And if you're in it again, it's not too late. You can retrain your metabolism during. That's amazing because I think, I think, you know, you look at a lot of the science evidence and the ad sense is evidence is saying estrogen's declining, that's creating an impact in your gut. You'll be getting a slowed, you know, gut throughput time. Cortisol is up. So you're not going to sleep. You're going to have issues of gaining weight, you know, game over. But that's not how biology really works. Right? Well, there is an element. So for me, we can't have a conversation about metabolism without having a conversation about hormones because it is true. And again, none of this is negative. It is true that our hormones change as we get older. It's biology and it's how we're designed. We're meant to. The problem is much like the conversation about menopause, most people go about the process backwards. They say, number one, okay, my menopause, my uh, metabolism is slowing down. So let me just start eating less and less and less food. So now we have women coming to us in their 50s, 60s, eating under 900 calories a day, literally starving their bodies and still not losing weight. And they do the same thing with hormones. Many of us do is we say, you know what? My hormones are out of whack. I'm going through menopause. Let me go to a hormone coach or a hormone doctor and start popping pills. Mm. But they have no idea why they're taking them. So we're going about this backwards. And the problem is when those methods either don't work or stop working, which eventually they will. Then we say, well, well, what do I do now? Now I'm definitely stuck because I'm already starving myself. I'm already popping pills and nothing's working. And the yeah. answer to both of those is your nutrition. 
when you get your nutrition in check, and we can talk more about what that means, you, yes. it, it's killing two birds with one stone. Number one, you are going to retrain your metabolism to fire up. Whether you're 60 or 85, you can retrain your metabolism to fire up. Number two, the vast majority of hormone imbalances are going to naturally even out because you're going to fuel your body the way it's designed. And then once that part is settled, if we need to supplement, because supplement literally means to add to, right? So yeah. we need to get your body at baseline where it's designed. And then if there's still a gap, then we can supplement with some kind of hormonal supplements. But when we do this yeah. the opposite way, we're digging the hole deeper. Yeah. Oh, wow. That just is, I think, probably a revelation for everybody who's listening. Because, I mean, 900 calories, like, whoa, that is, that is nothing. That's no food at all. Yeah. That's barely one and a half normal meals. <laughs> yeah. And we have so yeah. many women come to us who are in their 60s. And, you know, the diet industry has taught us that the less we eat, the more we lose. Yeah. And biologically, that's not true, right? If our body yeah. is designed to run off calories and it doesn't trust that it's getting enough, in, from a survival standpoint, why would it release weight, right? It thinks we're starving. It doesn't know when the next meal's coming. So it's going to hold. And the yeah. beautiful part of this, my favorite part, is when women come to us, I mean, they're in their 60s eating 900 calories a day. We do the work where we get them eating more food and losing weight. So you see these women on the other side, they're eating 1,700 calories a day and they've dropped 40 pounds. And that's the dream, right? Eating more food and actually <laughs> losing the weight at the same time. Like it doesn't get better than that. But it's because no. we fired up their metabolism. Yeah. But of course, you're firing up the metabolism as well in the right way, Rachel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rather, it is a than, process, rather yes. than, you know, saying I'm eating 1,700 calories, but most of it came from McDonald's and a coffee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't suddenly give them 1,700 calories and donuts. It is a very slow individual process and it is very personalized. It's We're going to meet your body where it is because that's what it's used yeah. to. And yeah. over time, we're going to slowly, like a drop in a bucket, as opposed to a fire hose in your face, we're going to slowly get your body yeah. in the proportions of carbs, fat, and protein that it's designed to function off of. Yeah. And that's often in contrast to going the other way, where we there's quite a lot of just cutting, start cutting everything out. Absolutely. And then, of course, they're not cutting out the stuff because they're hungry. So they reach for the cookies. They reach for the soda because the body's still craving something. So it's trying to meet some of its needs. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, what you just touched on, that that is the reason that traditional diets don't work, right? We always mm -hmm. like to say, even if, if you were to tally every diet you've tried in your life, let's say that number mm -hmm. was 150. You didn't really try 150 diets. You tried 150 versions of one diet because every <laughs> traditional diet out there is telling you the foods that you're allowed or not allowed to eat. And when you understand mm. human psychology, there's a term called reactance that says, as humans, we want the power of choice. We want autonomy. Yeah. So anytime you're trying to put horse blinders on and say, I can't eat carbs, donuts are bad foods, cookies are off limits. We don't just cave, we cave and then we binge. And to me, yeah. the key to doing this as a lifestyle, when I talk about the skill of nutrition, it's learning to hit your goals, eating the foods you love. Of course, we want nutritious yeah. choices the majority of the time. But for yep. me, I love donuts. I will not live a life that doesn't include a donut now and then. <laughs> and when you yeah. do this in a way that flows with human nature, you can have a donut now and then. It's not a cheat day. You didn't break your diet. 
we're learning to eat nutritiously the majority of the time and still leave room for those foods so that we don't cave and binge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think then you're putting into that a factor of joy, aren't you, into your food because we're not supposed to be punishing ourselves. Absolutely. And that's the only way to make it sustainable, right? When Again, when those horse blenders go on and say, I can't, I can't, I can't, are you going to skip out on Christmas dinner? Are you going to skip every party that comes along because <laughs> you don't want to be tempted by by cake? Like it's, it's not the point of life, right? The point of this no. is to step into life with our best selves, our best energy, our most aligned selves. And a world that is revolved around what we can and can't eat is not living life. A world in which we're in control of our nutrition and we know how to allow for those things, that that's when we can just release. We stop the rumination and we just live our life because we're in control of our nutrition. Yeah. So you're putting back that you talked about there very briefly about the right nutrition. You talked about the right carbs, fat, protein ratio. Is that a generalized or is that very individualized? When done correctly, and I will, I will say this very <laughs> cautiously because I don't want to speak ill of anyone. There no. are many, many coaches out there that will tell you it's generalized. They'll tell you, you should be eating this percentage of carbs, this percentage of fat, this percentage of protein. I do not believe in that. The, the way that I believe we make this sustainable is that it needs to be personalized to the individual. So if you were to come to me and say, you know, what should I be eating? The, the first thing we need to do is we need to know what your body's used to, because all of this, it sounds a little weird at first, but all of this is building trust with your body. So if you come to me and you are wildly under eating on protein, as most women are, and I try oh, to yeah. quadruple your protein, because that's where this formula says you should be, you're never going to stick with that, right? That is not mm -hmm. a sustainable lifestyle. So yeah. what we do that's very different than the industry norm, but the reason we get the results we do is we're going to figure out point A which is what your body is used to right now, your averages. Then absolutely, we're going to use a formula. We're going to figure out point C. Those are your goals. But what we're never going to do is jump you from A to C because you're never going to stick with it. And if you talk to people who have, have tried different diets like this, they're like, oh, I couldn't eat that much protein. And the answer is, yeah, you tried to jump from A to C. Nobody can do that. But when we take <laughs> you by the hand and we're going to walk you slowly, slowly, slowly yeah. from point A to point C, Again, that becomes we're dropping water in a bucket instead of flashing you in the face with a fire hose that's too much to handle. So yeah. it's a very yeah. slow, personalized process. But what mm -hmm. happens on the other side of it is you're now fueling your body in the correct proportions because every human body is designed to run off carbs, fat, protein, and yep. the right amount of calories, which for many women is more than they think, so that your body trusts you to drop the weight. Yeah. Because then you basically get into a, a place where your your calorie in and out is 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 in the right ratio, if I understand. I mean, we obviously can't eat more calories and then not do the other thing, which is move. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, the beauty of this is that nutrition is ninety percent of the game. So, when people yes. come to us and they say, "I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. Do I work out? Do I, you know, focus on nutrition?" Yeah. Every single time, the answer is nutrition. And yeah. the other part that happens from the topic of metabolism that we're talking about today is because we're taking such slow baby steps from point A to point C, we start training your metabolism to chase those numbers. So when we meet you, if you're eating 900 calories a day, we're not going to jump you to 1600, but we might start you at 1000 and then 1100 yeah. and then 1200. Yeah. And we're training your, we're training you. <laughs>
That's okay. It's just dogs. <laughs> dogs are just dogs. They do whatever. So sorry. I do a million of these interviews and she's usually an angel. And today she's got things to say. What starts happening is that our metabolism starts chasing that number. So we're, we're yeah. telling it, listen, it's time to wake up. You have a job to do. And as we start raising that caloric intake, your metabolism starts firing up with it. So that's how mm -hmm. we have these women going from 900 calories slowly to 1700 calories while losing weight. Yeah. 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 I get that. So the body is adjusting Rachel all the way. It's going, Oh, this feels okay. And then, yeah, that feels okay. So it's letting go, as you said, of that needing to hang on to the extra calories and just realizing that that is as there that's possible in the, in the, Absolutely. In, the in the metabolism piece. But where does then you know, sarcopenia uh, come into this. I mean, this muscle mass loss play into this nutrition equation. Yeah. So one of um, one of the craziest stats that I, I learned in the past few years is that the number one indicator of life longevity is how much lean muscle mass someone has on their body. And I found that to be a startling statistic because of what we're talking about, right? As we get older, mm -hmm. it's absolutely true. Our bones get more frail. We start losing muscle mass. And if, if it is true, which science has proven it is, that the number one indicator of how long we're going to live is our muscle mass, that becomes a glaring neon sign for how important resistance training is as we get older. Yes. yes. Now, the catch-22 is many women especially are, are scared of, of resistance training, right? We go, mm. if we go into a gym, we see these big sweaty grunting dudes in the weightlifting section. <laughs> and that doesn't seem like the place we want to be. So many women stick to cardio, not because they love it, but because number one, they think it's a necessary evil. And number two, because many of us are not comfortable in the weight section. So that just feels like a safer bet. But mm. the reality is, especially as we age, right? Number one, getting enough protein in becomes key because you can't have strong bones or strong muscles without protein. And most women are not getting enough. But then number two, we have to be pushing our muscles to do what they can't yet do. Because what happens is, you know, when you're in the, the gym and you're lifting weights and it doesn't have to be super heavy weights, it's about you, where you are in your journey, what, what your muscles mm -hmm. can and can't do yet. Mm -hmm. When we're in the gym lifting weights, we're not actually growing bigger muscles. We're creating tiny tears in our muscle fibers. Yeah. And when we yeah. rest and we hydrate and we eat and we recover, those muscle fibers are healing. And that's what creates the stronger muscles is in the healing process. So especially as we age and there's a natural progression of losing some of that, it becomes even more important whether we're using resistance bands, whether we're using smaller dumbbells at home, or whether we're getting comfortable to go to, go to the gym. But that becomes a vital part in this journey, especially as we get older. Yeah. And is there a, then there is a relationship between that muscle mass and our metabolism. Absolutely. So there's a, a stat of human biology that the more lean muscle mass you have on your body, the faster your metabolism runs. Right. So my favorite analogy is if you think about a checking account versus we'll pretend that high interest savings accounts still, still exist. Pretend those are <laughs> yeah, still here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you go to the gym and you do cardio, right, you're on a treadmill for an hour you're straight up burning calories. And that's great. Yeah. You'll, you'll lose some yeah. weight, right? Weight yeah. loss is calories in versus calories out. But that's like a checking account because it's only when you're putting money in that it's working for you. But if we understand yeah. that the more lean muscle mass we have on our body, the faster our mm -hmm. metabolism runs, 
Well, that's resistance training. That's weight training. Because when we build that muscle mass and we fire up our metabolism, now our body's working for us when we're in the gym or when we're sitting at the pool after the gym relaxing, because that's the high interest savings account of your metabolism running faster. Mm -hmm. So when people ask me, you know, if I'm going to go to the gym for, for an hour, what's the split? To me, it's always 40 minutes weight. You don't have to go for a full hour, but if you're going to do an hour, 40 minutes weight training, 20 minutes cardio, because that yeah. weight training is the most bang for your buck. Yeah. So that, that's really how we then keep the metabolism ticking over. So we've got the right amount of calories in the body, in the right proportions, and then the muscles are doing that work. Have I kind of summed that up? <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Absolutely. First and foremost is always going to be nutrition. Nutrition is 90% of this game. So if yeah. hearing that, you're like, oh, I'm scared of weight training. I'm not ready for that. Start with nutrition because that's yeah. what's going to fire up your metabolism. That's what's going to get your body fueled correctly. And because I'm a big psychology nerd and I'm all about flowing with human nature, mm. once your nutrition starts getting in check and your energy starts firing up, yep. you know, we're humans are pleasure seeking creatures. We are designed mm. to avoid pain and seek pleasure. Yep. So we're not just going to say, oh, I feel incredible. I'm not going to do anything else, right? <laughs> At some point, yeah. just getting our nutrition in check, we're going to say, oh, this feels so good. I wonder what would happen if I started lifting a few weights twice a week. We're going to put our, yeah. our toe in the sand and see what it feels mm. like mm. and get that momentum going. And that's how we yeah. make this, I like to say, a snowball down a hill instead yeah. of trying to push this boulder uphill. Exactly. So we're, we're sort of beginning to change, as you said, the, the feel-good factors. because, And I'll pro I presume that once some of that weight starts to come off, just because we're eating it better, we just naturally feel better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, all of this is about your energy, right? Nobody's wearing a t-shirt that says, I lost 40 pounds. This is about no. the fact that <laughs> if we want to show up fully for our families, for our friends, for our coworkers, for our businesses, yeah. when we're walking around and we're shrunken down in our skin, because we're telling ourselves what we should or shouldn't have eaten, and I should have gone to the gym and I shouldn't have done this. That's the energy we're putting out in the world. But when we yeah. start taking these steps and we feel our energy skyrocket, we feel our confidence <laughs> boost, we're yeah. just going to attract back differently in life. Oh, so sure. to me, like the weight loss, it's math and science. When you do this correctly, it works. It's not a guessing game. It's a learnable skill. And to me, this is so much of a bigger picture. It's not about the number on a scale or the size on your genes. It's about the energy that you're bringing into the world. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I love that. Can I, can I ask something about that? So in terms of the nutrition, I mean, how, how is your approach? Is it a moderation, plant-based, paleo, or, or is it just what the person needs or, or gets on with? We do something called macro tracking. And a lot of times when I say the word tracking, yeah. I can feel people physically cringe because <laughs> they're like, oh, that's too much work. The thing I love, there's a few things I love about macro tracking, and I can talk more about what it actually is. The things I love about macro tracking is number one, it is not a restrictive diet. It is a skill. I can teach you the skill of macro tracking in 12 weeks, and you will literally never go on a diet again. It's you, you can learn to knit, you can learn to sew, you can learn nutrition as a skill. The yeah. other thing I love about it is we've talked a lot about flowing with human nature. If I want to have a donut, I can fit it into my, my personal plan and I didn't break my diet. It wasn't a cheat day. It wasn't the most nutritious food, but I can still lose weight while I'm enjoying those foods now and then. Mm -hmm. And the third part is everything we're talking 
today about firing up your metabolism, balancing your hormones. This is how you do it. I always tell people if I knew five methods to nutrition that were effective and sustainable, I would teach five. But macro tracking is literally the only approach I've met that works for everyone because it's ensuring your body is functioning the way it was designed to function and Mm -hmm. it's sustainable because it's not restrictive. And if you're someone who cringed at the word (laughs) tracking, it's also (laughs) the necessary step to intuitive eating because this is how we train our body to know how it's meant to be fueled. And eventually Mm -hmm. we can release that part and step into intuitive eating. Yeah. Because because you have to have the right ratios going on, protein, fat, carbs. Exactly. And, and, a lot of and them, as you said, protein is low for women. Most most I would say ninety eight percent of the women we work with are not eating enough protein. And you know, a lot of people say I, I'm just going to listen to my body and I'm going to eat intuitively. But what your body's speaking to out of right now is habit, not intuition, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're used to having a hamburger from McDonald's every Wednesday, Tuesday night you might say, oh, I must be low in iron because I'm craving a burger right now. Like that's not intuition. <laughs> that's, that's habit. You've trained your body that way. Yeah. So with macro yeah. tracking, like you said, we're going to train it. This is actually how many carbs, fat, and protein my personal body needs. And after a mm-hmm. little bit of time doing that, we don't have to be so meticulous with it because now your body knows and it's going to poke you and say, hey, I'm low in protein. Hey, I think we're a little over on fat today. And then we yeah. can release it and actually listen yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, a lot of people are, are high on calorie, aren't they? Yes. A lot, we carb, find on the carb to, side, on the a carb lot of side. high in carbs, a lot of high in calories. And especially for the topic we're talking about today, you would be amazed how many people are under eating just from yeah. years and years in this diet industry of those women who have been starving their bodies for so long that they've stopped responding. So yeah. we don't find many in the middle because if you're in the middle, you probably don't need me. But there's, <laughs> there's a, a good percentage overeating, but it, there's a shocking percentage undereating as well. And that's, that's where we do this yeah. work to fire up your yeah. metabolism. Yep. And I can think of a lot of, you know, my own work in, in, in the food, when I was in the food industry, thinking that we can get women to eat more breakfast because that was just a meal that was non-existent on their radar and and a lot of people eating a small salad for lunch with not a lot else and 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 so by the time three o'clock comes around there's a lot of uh snickers bars going in because you haven't eaten anything since the dinner before absolutely yeah. yeah. And the, the beauty of macros is, you know, I'm all about flowing with human nature. So if you're someone who hates breakfast, you don't have to eat breakfast. And exactly as you're saying, what we do need to be prepared, prepared for is, you know, a few hours from now, not getting to that point where it's like the seafood diet. I see food and I eat it because at this point <laughs> I'm just, I'm starving. Yeah. But the same is true on the other end. You know, there's this misconception in the industry of no eating after 8 PM, or you shouldn't eat before you go to bed because it makes you gain weight. And there's absolutely no truth to that. Eating before bed might affect your sleep, but at the end of the day, calories in versus calories out. So when we talk about flowing with human nature, if you're someone who knows, you know, when it's the end of the night, I want to have my glass of wine. I want to have, you know, my, my bowl of popcorn and that's my time to unwind. My answer is fantastic. Let's, let's pre-plan to fit that into your day. And you can enjoy those things, but now we're going to release the shame. We're going to release the guilt. We're going to release the, I call it shoulding, S-H-O-U-L-D-I-N-G. And we're going to hit our goals flowing with our nature in that way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I like that because I think then people think, oh, you're not banning food. Absolutely. You're not saying, no, you can't have this. No, you can't have that. There can be other reasons why menopausal women and alcohol don't quite match. But but we're not saying good, bad, good food, bad food, placing labels. And I think most people would know that not sitting and eating cookies and, 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 and Snickers bars and drinking copious amounts of wine. I mean, I think nobody needs to be told that that's not the best diet to have. But but at the same time, we're not saying a Snickers bar is a terrible thing. You must never eat it or a donut. Right, right. And as a coach, you know, it, it sounds counterintuitive to a lot of people, but I encourage people to have those foods now and then. Because mm-hmm. if it worked to say, well, don't eat junk food, right? Eat less and move more. If, if that worked, this would not be a multi-billion dollar industry, but that's fighting against <laughs> human nature from a psychology standpoint. When yeah. we give ourselves permission of, you know what, that Snickers bar is not the most nutritious thing. And if you want to spend some of your day's macros on it, you can do it. We know it's not nutritious and you can still lose weight and fit that in. The simple act of giving ourselves permission, we're not going to go off mm-hmm. the rocker and say, well, I had a Snickers bar. Now I may as well have pizza and ice cream and everything else because I no, ruined no, the day. No. It's cool. I fit my Snickers bar into my plan. I enjoyed it. I'm going to hit my macros today. I'm still on track to to hit my goals. And that is such a different mindset. And that's how you make it sustainable. Absolutely. So we mentioned very briefly in the uh, bit back about supplements. Um, Talk a little bit more about how they play into this whole metabolism uh, story. Absolutely. So my favorite analogy, I love to speak in analogies. My favorite analogy (laughs) is if you came to me and said, Hey, I want to buy this house. Do I have to get a second job? My answer is I have about 10 questions. I need you to answer first, right? How much is the house? How much do you make? How much debt is there? What do you have in savings? I need to know where you are and where you want to be before I can tell you if you need to supplement, if you need to add to your income. And what most of us have been raised to do in this industry is, well, I should just drink protein powder. Well, I should just pop these pills because my hormones are out of whack. But again, if we go back to the the definition of supplement to add to, what are we adding to? Mm. If we don't know where we're starting and we don't know what the goal is, we're just shooting in the dark. So when I say most people do it backwards by starting with with the pills, right? We have a lot of women come to us and say, well, I'll get my nutrition in check, but I want to go meet with this hormone doctor first. My answer is, that is absolutely backwards because when yeah. we get your nutrition in check, two things are going to happen. Number one, for a lot of people, any hormonal imbalances are going to even out. You might not even need mm-hmm. pills. Or number two, mm-hmm. sometimes you do need to supplement. But now we know where you are, where we want you to be, and exactly how much and why we're supplementing. Without the why, yeah. we're just, again, shooting in the dark. But when we help all the data, <laughs> Now we're not taking things we don't need to take. We're not spending money we don't need to spend. And most importantly, we're the ones in control as opposed to guessing. Yes, yes, yes. So supplements have a role, but they're not, and hormone therapy has a role, but it's not the panacea that it's sometimes painted to be in place of. The good nutrition as a foundation and the resistance training. Absolutely. I, I think of supplements as the fine tuning, right? Let, let's get the yeah. foundation laid and then we can fine tune. When people try to fine tune without the foundation, it falls <laughs> apart. And then we're even more frustrated because we're like, well, I took these steps and nothing's working. 
and you're trying to build a house without laying the foundation first. It's, it's going to fall yeah. apart. Yeah, yeah, and the, it usually does. We usually find that down the track, um, women are either gaining weight, they're not losing the weight they wanted to to lose, they're still feeling tired, lacking in energy, and all of those things. Absolutely. So, yeah. You're right, building a house with strong foundations because that's going to last because hormones don't uh, keep on going up and down as we get past menopause, but we still need that control around our metabolism. Absolutely. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If you're in the thick of menopause or you're postmenopausal, this will absolutely work for you. you. We can refire up your metabolism. We can get your hormones balanced. If you're premenopausal, you can nip this in the bud early. When you get your nutrition yeah. checked before menopause hits, I'm not going to promise that you're going to sail through without any effects of menopause. <laughs> Again, it's biology. It's yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. But the, you know, if, if some women experience menopause at 100, we've had women do this work premenopausal, and they would call it a 20. It is not the same experience because that foundation was there we're not building the boat as we're sailing it, right? You've built the boat. And then when, when it hits the water, we're, it's smooth sailing from there. Yeah, that's fantastic. So beyond macro tracking, is there any other key recommendation you would have, Rachel, for women listening to this episode? Yes. So a lot of, like a lot of what I teach, it's very opposite of what you might expect someone in this industry to say. <laughs> um, I am a huge fan of doing the bare minimum. And in an industry filled with, you know, personal trainers spitting in your face and <laughs> telling you to do burping <laughs> so you're going to vomit, like most people are kind of confused by that. But because, because everything I teach is about flowing with human nature and getting this to be a snowball down a hill instead of a boulder we're pushing uphill. Yeah. When it comes to our health, this can feel like such a big, scary, overwhelming, where do I start? So if I were to come on here and be like, Start tracking the food that you're eating. Start going to the gym four days a week, right? Pay attention to your mindset and red flag any negative thoughts. If I made you a laundry list, mm -hmm. you're going to walk away more overwhelmed than when you started listening and you're not going to do yeah. any of it, right? That's yeah. human nature. We are designed to avoid pain and seek pleasure. So if you feel <laughs> yeah. pain because I gave you too much at once, you're, the human reaction is, well, I'm just not going to do any. But when we can <laughs> feel into, this is a feeling exercise, not a thinking yeah. exercise. Yeah. What is the bare minimum? that I can commit to this week? Is it just, I'm going to download a free app like MyFitnessPal or Lose It or one of the free apps. I am not mm -hmm. going to pay attention to the macros they tell me because I know they're not personalized enough, but I'm just going to track my food for five days. I'm going to eat as I normally eat. I'm going to put it in this app. I'm going to gather some data. Bing, bam, boom. That is a perfect first step, right? Then maybe a week from now, you're like, okay, I've got all this data. I'm not sure what to do with it. Let me go get some help to take a second step. Or, yeah. you know what, tracking this food's really just shine the light of awareness for me. I wonder what would happen if I added one day a week of going for a 20-minute walk. And we just start adding little baby steps that we don't even have to consciously think about. Because mm -hmm. your body is a pleasure-seeking creature. Once you start feeling good, you're going to want to do more. And one of the mm -hmm. biggest mistakes people try to make is they try to do this major life overhaul. They say, January 1st, new year, new me, <laughs> working out five days a week, eating clean. No, and then no, a no. month later, we stop. And it's because we are designed to avoid too much change at once. So when we yeah. start with baby steps, we let that snowball go down the hill, we gain momentum. And that's how we look back six months from now and say, like, I literally created a new life for myself, but I did it organically because I learned to flow with my human nature. Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely love that. Thank you for that. That's that's a great tip for people who feel so overwhelmed in this very do this, should, should, could, would do world. Um, how can people get in contact with you, Rachel, and learn more about your process and how they can work with you? Absolutely. So best place to find me is on my website, mindstrongfitness.com. Um, if you're someone who loves to read, my book is on Amazon called Becoming Mindstrong. And I also have a podcast of my own with the same name, the Becoming Mindstrong podcast. So website is the best place to to find more information, see some mind-blowing before and after pictures, especially women who are menopausal and post, and you can see their transformation, hear their stories. Um, book is a great place to dip your toe in the water, and podcast is a great place to just gather some more data. That is brilliant. We're going to put that in the show notes. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on Thriving Through Menopause and sharing a snapshot, but a very motivating snapshot around metabolism and how we can really get ourselves back on track at this time. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Thank you. There. (laughs) That was great. Thank you for listening to the Thriving Through Menopause podcast. I really enjoyed that conversation with Rachel Fryman from MindFitStrong, and I hope you did too. Sometimes we can feel so confused about weight gain and exercise and what we're meant to do. And I think Rachel gave so many clear points to help us manage that weight gain, to know that it's not inevitable and get going, putting in place those pillars that we need so we can thrive in menopause. Next week, I hope you're going to join me when I am going to be talking to Dr. Christina Burns. She's a Chinese medicine practitioner specializing in acupuncture and herbal medicine, and I'm so excited to be having that conversation with her. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast so other women going through perimenopause and menopause can benefit from the wonderful guests and the gems that they share week after week. See you next time.